Welcome to Talking People in Tech podcast. I'm Jared Cameron, live from ATC 2017 with, uh, as per usual, David G. How are we doing, Dave? Great, mate. Uh, the marathon continues and uh, it's been great. We've got a range of topics we've been going, uh, getting across. Uh, it's been fantastic. What a great conference. And uh, we are joined now. We are by uh, Sue Langley from the Langley Group. So, Sue, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Now, you're speaking today. Well, you have no. spoken today, sorry. I was. I was speaking first thing this morning. Tell us a bit about you know what you were what you were talking about. What brought you to this conference today? Um, well, what I was speaking about was um, sort of trying to use what we know from neuroscience and positive psychology to uh, help us with recruitment and how it might link to how people see your brand and how people are attracted to what you do, um, but also development as well. So using that sort of knowledge and science to give us some extra tips. Great. And was there sort of a couple of were there two or three key sort of key points you landed on during that presentation? Oh, I could talk for hours, which is the unfortunate thing. Um, but it's really understanding the basic premise of the human brain, threat reward response, and the fact that we go to foe response first. So when you're recruiting people, if you've got interview panels where nobody smiles, nobody looks up, <laughs> yeah. um, what is the impact on a candidate? Um, it's looking at strengths. Are we actually recruiting for diversity of strengths? Um, and I'm a big fan of thinking about diversity as diversity of thought, diversity of strengths, as opposed to diversity of package that it comes in. Mm, mm, so mm. chances are if I look for diversity of strengths, I'll get different packages. But just trying to recruit based on a package, um, as in whether someone is male or female, older, younger, blah, 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 is probably not as effective as recruiting for someone's strengths. Right. Yeah, there's been a real theme uh, emerging, certainly this conference, around that, that sort of topic. How do we... Um, and I, call, I coined it naked recruiting yesterday. I'm, I'm going to trademark this. We'll probably do it. We'll end up doing a TV show about it at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but naked recruiting is let's, let's actually take all of the, the, the markers off candidates that we would typically use that, that would create a bias, right? So um, Yeah, I probably argued against that. <laughs> No, look, there were some things that um, I think it's really useful because mm. we know that if um, if, two, if if an essay is written given to two teachers, one's marked with the name of Susan and one's marked with the name of Ermintrude, mm. then Ermintrude gets a lower score. Mm. So there's mm. definitely biases that we have. I guess what I'd like to see is taking what we know from social neuroscience to undo those biases without making everybody completely naked, to yeah. use your term. Yeah. Because otherwise Not what literally, happens... literally, by the way. No. <laughs> but otherwise what happens is um, we're devoid of any opportunity to make a connection and actually social neuroscience tells me that if I can make a connection with you not just the superficial ones that tell me are you like me Mm. which is Mm. where we get our biases from but actually being curious enough to make some of those connections um, about the real life person that you are Mm. I'm actually going to do better in from an interview perspective so it's a bit of balance yeah so it's about making the right connection yeah, it's making some connection and unfortunately yeah. what we do is if we take all the, the stuff away and then people are... I mean, I even heard the other day, and I mentioned this in my speech, of a panel interview where the panelees were told not to make eye contact with mm. the interviewee. Mm. Well, if you want to trigger a massive threat response that goes yeah. against everything we know about human beings, Don't go for it. Yeah. <laughs> and what's the organisation or the, the job context that, that's, that you're positioning? Where's, what are you simulating? There, well, this right? is yeah. the thing, and this is where the strengths thing comes in. If we're actually recruiting based on strengths, mm. I can get past the, the package that you come in and I can mm. get past some of those biases. But I have to use what we know about the brain, which is brain likes human connection. Mm. Brains like people like us, so I've mm. got to find things in common, which requires a bit of curiosity. and it requires me noticing when you light up and see your strengths and asking more questions Mm. Um, and it's actually not that hard to teach people 
But by understanding the basic premise of the human brain, you can understand how we could be able to get better at this rather than getting worse. Yeah, yeah. So we, when I think about positive psychology, which I guess is at the heart of this, um, there's, there's a lot of discussion about that at, at, I guess, all of the life cycle points too. <laughs> I've got young kids between 11 and 5, and I guess um, I'm very interested in making sure that we are um, positioning and supporting them in the right ways mm. and, you know, the obvious commentary around it is how you uh, um, how you coach and support on the sidelines for example you know yep. should you be pointing out what they did wrong or should you be, be simply saying uh, it was great that you were out there and you ran well and you know mm. pointing out some of the positive points give me, give me a little <laughs> bit of one-on-one around that and let's, yeah, let's, look, let's play with that for a bit it's really interesting positive psychology obviously is one of the things that we specialize in mm. um, the Langley Group Institute actually developed the very first diploma of positive psychology and well-being in the world um, and we've had over we're nearly up to 600 students all doing wow. amazing things in yep. fact a lot of them are in this building today yeah. um, and for me, positive psychology is what makes us at our best. Now, we run positive parenting workshops to help mm. people look at how they develop their kids. Mm. We run a lot of positive leadership programs in how to develop leaders. Um, we run a lot of strengths programs. Now, if you're talking about whether it's children or adults, mm. if you want to develop them, if you just say you ran well, you're a great runner, etc., that's nice, it's praise, mm. but actually mm. it's instilling a fixed mindset. Mm. So what we mm. need to be thinking about is... Um, what effort did they put in? What opportunities did they take up? How were they curious and keep learning and keep performing? And again, from a workplace perspective, if we look at that, whether I'm giving feedback and coaching you and developing you, if I can give you positive reinforcement and if I can leverage your strengths and notice when you light up around your strengths and Mm. try and reinforce that, but also reinforce your continued learning and growth, that's going to get me further than it is focusing on the things you're not good at, your development opportunities, as we like to call them, Mm. um, that really doesn't help. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny, Sue, because, you know, actually... I was just having a look through some notes in here, and you've actually appeared on TV as well to have a talk about some of these types of topics, haven't you, on uh, Redesign My Brain. Now, what was that experience like for you? <laughs> look, the first thing I would say is the, the first series of Redesign My Brain was fantastic. It was a really good mm. series because um, what they did is they tried to put the science behind everyday things, like how to improve your memory, how do you improve your mm. creativity, how do you improve your emotional regulation. They're all things that us normal people could do with learning about. Yeah. So it was a really good series. And I have to say, my experience, um, the producer was amazing. He and I are still in contact and still catch up for lunch. And I think he did an amazing job. Um, It was an interesting experience for me. It was quite nice to be called up and said, as a world expert in emotional intelligence, we'd like you to be on the show. And I'm like, cool. (laughs) Didn't realise I was, but thank you. Um, So that was really nice. Um, It was really interesting for me that um, we were not prepared for the success of it. Mm. So I don't think anybody was, even the producer, even Todd didn't weren't necessarily thinking it would be as successful as it was. It had over a million viewers, most episodes, in the mm. first season. The second season didn't do so well. Um, but over a million viewers, and it actually beat out other um, more normal yeah. um, commercial, uh, commercial shows, channels. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was really amazing. But the thing that was interesting for me is I had some really sweet messages from people afterwards wanting me to cure them of all sorts of <laughs> strange and wonderful <laughs> psychological disorders, which I wasn't promising to do. <laughs> 
Well, it's interesting. It's a topic I think that fascinates everyone, isn't it? That yeah. trying to understand the inner workings of your brain and how do you retrain things and how do you how do you interpret and understand others and how do you interpret and understand yourself? Yeah. I think it's something we're innately curious about. Absolutely. And the the thing that I find from a neuroscience perspective, so I was the first person in the world who got a master's in neuroscience of leadership. So for me, it was about mm. how do I understand the brain and then make it real and practical. And um, the thing that I find interesting is we're we're all fascinated by it. And yet often we don't want to put the effort in to actually redesign our brain. It requires effort. It requires practice. It requires repeating things. Mm -hmm. You know, the brain needs in order to learn, it needs repetition. It needs emotion. And sometimes people aren't ready for that. Thankfully, most organizations now are starting to realize the power of positive psychology, um, leveraging well-being, um, Mm. making sure people are um, engaged and connected. Whereas previously, even leadership programs, we've spent our time... um, really focusing on functional stuff like here's a four-step decision-making model here's the strategic planning and briefing sequence here's the execution framework well that's great but if I'm in a grumpy miserable negative mood I'm still not going to do it so we've got to get to the foundations of how do we help people look after themselves and give them some practical tools that they can actually Mm. do it yeah, it is fundamentally at that well-being level and I I think you you made a a great point there about people's uh, fascination with the topic and understanding, but perhaps being able to then do something about it. Like, there's a, there's a broader parallel there with a, all, a lot of aspects of well-being. I mean, we'd all like yeah. to trim a few kgs and get a bit <laughs> fitter, right? But it's the same sort of thing. It's like taking, I know I should work on those things, yeah. but actually what, what drives me to do that? And the challenge that I find is lots of people are reading a little bit about well-being these days. Mm. They're reading the odd book. They've heard of positive psychology, and that's great. But they're not really learning it and the fundamental principles. And I had a perfect example the other day. There's a lady on our diploma who's a teacher and she's come for her own development so that she can get the qualification and embed it in the school. And she said they've started to do well-being in her school. Uh, they've been told they've got to by the government. So they've set do. up a well-being program. And mm. she said how it works is if a child is disruptive in school classroom, they get sent to the well-being consultant. Ah, so it's punishment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, so we've really got remedial. to understand. Yeah, we've yeah. got to understand in organisations, schools, whatever it is, yeah. that there are some key principles that positive psychology can teach us. Yeah. Yeah. What we need to look at is how do we use those principles. Yeah. How do we bake it into our life? Absolutely. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of people want the quick fix, um, whereas actually learning the theories and the principles and testing it on yourself. And I always tell people, treat yourself as a scientific experiment. Yeah. Test it. Test it for eight weeks and see what happens. Yeah. If it works, keep it doing it. Yeah, if it doesn't, don't. <laughs> it's, it's certainly, I, I would prefer those sorts of self-experiments than you know, some of the scientists that have like eaten eating worms or maggots to see what the impact would be on their bodies and things like that. So I'd much rather... Yeah, yeah. but it's also about having a range of strategies. So we often mm. talk about like a smorgasbord or a buffet. There mm. will be things that you like, Dave, that mm. maybe Jared doesn't. Yep. Yeah. Um, so you do more of what you like and Jared takes something else. I'm not eating the sprouts off the buffet because I don't like sprouts. Yeah. You know, yeah. but it's the same with well-being is... Some people will really take to mindfulness and it will work for them. Yeah. Some people, it's not really doing it for me. So I'm going to focus on savouring or gratitude. Yep. Uh, somebody else goes, okay, strengths is a thing for me. Mm. So I always say to people, try them, test them. Don't mm. just poo-poo them and put them to one side, but try them and then see what works for you. And if some things you need to do daily, do them. Yeah. If some things you only want to do once a week, that's okay too. Yeah. It's interesting. I, think, I, I feel like we are. I mean, the success of the TV show is part of this. The mainstreaming of this mindfulness, wellness, however you want to define it, um, I, I think that's really interesting because 
you sort of think 10, 15, 20 years ago it was who, who are these wacky psych types and <laughs> yep. what, you know. The thing that I'd really love, though, is because when it gets um, diluted down, particularly from a media perspective, often it gets diluted down. Mm. When we launched our diploma, we had one of the big channels come and go to the launch. And, of course, the first thing that appeared was the yellow, happy, smiley face. And it's so not what it's about. They asked all my participants, oh, will you do a laughter exercise for us? And I said, well, I actually said to them, ask the participants. And thankfully, my participants who'd then learned about positive psych said, no, that's not what it's about. So for me, if I could get every single person in the world going through the diploma, that would help. Because to really learn what it's about and not dilute it down and dumb it down, I just say to you, oh, be grateful, you'll feel better. Yeah. Because it's not how it works. Yeah, right. It's interesting. Um, I've been working from home for close to two years now. I travel to Australia a lot, but the, you know we're, we're one of those modern organisations where we're all over the place. And I work in a home office, and I work in the home office with my wife. And there's, I, I've, I've sort of been trying to think about frame of mind and how do I how do I get into that mindset each day where I can get up and I can get really focused and get working. And it's really funny. There's been some little things that have really changed it for me. And it was little things like we went, we started using video-based communication recently. So we're now seeing each other just by getting people on camera and having the eye contact, the emotional establishment of just just seeing them. Mm. It, it's just transformed a little bit for me, the experience of being remote. The other thing it did for me is I suddenly started thinking more about what I was wearing. Yeah. I, started, I started putting on a shirt in the morning. I suddenly started to feel like I was going to work. Like it just mm. got me into that I'm ready to work mindset. It was just funny how little things like that, even sometimes getting out of the house and going to a, to a cafe just yeah. to break my location. But everything you're talking about there is that one of the fundamental premises of the human brain is human connection. It Mm. is. Mm. And again, we we lose that sometimes but if we remind ourselves that well-being cross-culturally, relationships is one of the critical components to well-being. So yes, we love working from home and that's great, but absolutely putting a video on rather than a phone call means there's a human connection between us. Or getting Mm. into a cafe where I'm just sitting around people. I'm not even talking to them necessarily. I'm just... I see them. You and know. we forget that when we get busy and we get head down and yeah. focused and we lose that connection with people sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. It's an interesting challenge of the organisation of today already and as it moves into the organisation of tomorrow, we got increasingly we're working with teams that are in different locations and increasingly mm. we're not working from static positions, we're working from home, we're working on the field. You know, It presents these challenges around mm. how do you keep the human absolutely. touch in that process, you yeah, know? Mm. Absolutely. But equally, we got um, you know. There's a lot of talk about robots taking over a lot of jobs, and we're not just talking about um, assembly line jobs in factories. We're talking about lawyers being replaced mm-hmm. with, you know, machine learning, artificial intelligence, and, and which is natural yeah, to some ex- some extent. And it's but also one of the reasons why they're making artificial intelligence robots look human. Yeah, yeah, exactly, because <laughs> yeah. exactly. we yeah. need it. Yeah. yeah. But the other side of that is it means whatever work is left from that. Um, it's going to be work that is essentially more and more human. Mm. And so I would imagine that plays to you know, the need to be more um, conscious and more cognizant of the, the sorts of... Absolutely. Know. And again, it, it occurs all the time in organisations. Lots of organisations at the moment want innovation. Mm. And yes, we can innovate through technology and all those sorts of things, but yep. at some point a human being is inputting something. Mm. Um, and, and obviously you've got machine learning now, which is a little bit different, but... If we want innovation, one of the key things we know is collaboration and human connection aids innovation. We know that positive emotions are essential to innovation. 
And so if we can create a positive climate where people can come together, we're more likely to get it. Mm. But unfortunately, what happens is often there's a lot of organisations where there's a massive culture of fear and anxiety and worry and stress and pressure. Um, and then the company goes, right, innovate. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> And everybody's like, no, I didn't, because if I do, I might get fired. Yeah. Or, or tell me how. How do yeah. I do exactly it? how I do it? Yeah. Well, so that's the course. They're in survival mode, and then yeah. you tell them to come up with great ideas. And in actual fact, they're just trying to hang on for dear life. You can't really be creative when you're in that mindset. You've got to take things off them to free them up and give yeah. them the mind space. And yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. That has spurred me. I'm going to dip into the fuel box here. Now, you're oh, the okay. least of all the interviewees we've had. Um, you're the least like person that we've needed to dip in to find a, you know, something to spur a conversation, but we're going to do it anyway. Just so we can have a last good question. We, we can. We're going to dip into, I'm going to dip into ideas and creativity because okay. I think that's kind of, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, hang on. Well, well, that was a bit of a... <laughs> you don't like that one. Well, I, I, I think there's, there's something better. Well, this is good. Right. This is perfect. Uh, what effective brainstorming techniques are you aware, aware of? So let's sort of ideation. <laughs> Give us some tips. Oh, cool. Yeah, look, it's really good. I think <laughs> um, awesome brainstorming is traditionally everybody stands around a flip chart and throws out ideas and puts it on the table uh, or up on the flip chart. Yeah. Um, and that can be useful. Um, for me, um, if I think of brainstorming or innovation in particular, one mm. of the things I really like is, uh, and we actually do neuroscience of innovation workshops, where we talk to people about what needs to happen in your brain for you to be innovative. So we talk about the importance of positive emotion. Yeah. We talk about your physiology of how changing your body actually changes how your brain is firing. And we talk about the dopamine required to be innovative. Yep. Then we give people a complete blank piece of paper, a big piece of paper on a wall, huge piece of paper. And we get people one at a time to come up and just make a mark on the, on the paper. That's it. We just say make a mark. And it's really interesting what happens when you get people to do it one at a time. Mm. If you get a group to just go for it, the same people will yeah. put stuff up and some will hang back. Yeah. When you get people to do it in order, it's beautiful what wow. happens. They'll each start by doing their own little thing. And then all of a sudden, someone will spark. And again, because of the way the brain works, something you say or do triggers something in me so I add to yours uh, yeah. and it's lo- some of the things Network I've seen are just gorgeous and... somebody just does a squiggly line and all of a sudden the whole piece of paper has turned into a, a beach scene and there's sharks and there's surfers and there's this that and the other that's very cool and it's just a really lovely way of proving that if you stay energised focused and curious mm. if you collaborate if you and I are chatting and we're not paying attention to what Jared's doing it doesn't work yeah. but if we stay curious about what he does our brain fires and it builds on him yeah. and that for me is way better than me just sitting by myself and trying to be innovative that's mm. awesome what a, what a big nugget of gold we just got there at the end of the conversation. Yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic way <laughs> to close that out. That's, that's excellent. I'm, I wrote that down. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Are you still yeah. with us, mate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. I'm, I'm curious. I'm energised. Yeah. I'm focused. No, it's all right. <laughs> well, I know you've got a busy schedule and you're about to duck off to another appointment now on, with the media. I but am. Thank you for sharing, spending some time with us. Very generous of you. You're welcome. And uh, we'd like, uh, love to see you again sometime. Beautiful. Love to meet you soon. Thanks. That was very really good. Thanks for your time. Thanks, awesome.